everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. This is Damon. I got Kyle and I got Brett here with me and we're going to continue on our little rant that we started last episode. But before we get to that, we just wanted to start off with what happened on Sunday. Uh, well, we continued our series on God's amazing kingdom. So Pastor Barry had an interesting message. Okay, that's not what I wanted to talk about, about what happened on Sunday. Oh, that's right. You weren't there for that one. Yes, How I, come? I, I wasn't there that uh, for that message, but I did listen to it on the podcast. And uh, if you want to hear our commentary on that, <laughs> actually, you can. We, we gave some commentary on that uh, topic a few weeks ago. So if you want to hear commentary on uh, Pastor Barry's message on love in the kingdom, you can check out the recent episode called, I think it was, I Love My Hot Dog. Yeah, uh, yeah, we are. We, we were foreshadowing Pastor Barry's message without even knowing it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool because it just shows that as a podcast, we're in alignment with what's going on. And we didn't know that Pastor Barry was going to be talking about that this week. And it was cool to see how just in line what we talked about on the podcast was with his sermon. So where were you on Sunday, Damon? Okay, so on Sunday, I was running the Long Beach Marathon. Uh, again, I, you know, I've shared a little bit on the podcast before my journey with marathons. And, uh, you know, this, this year I was not able to participate in the Boston Marathon because I got injured during training. So I wanted to try again. So I was trying to qualify for uh, Boston this past Sunday at the Long Beach Marathon. And were you successful? Okay, so... <laughs> Technically, <laughs> yes, I was successful. So my qualifying time for the marathon to qualify for Boston is three hours and 10 minutes. Uh, so technically, yes, I ran it in three hours and eight minutes. So, uh, But this year was kind of an anomaly year. Uh, so um, for Boston, the past few years, there's been kind of, if you qualified, you get in. Mm. But for 2024, um, they just had the registration period in September and there were so many applicants that they had to cut people. Mm. So, you know, this is beginning of October. I'm finding out that they cut like 10,000 people. Wow. So you had to run actually five minutes faster than your qualifying time in order oh, to wow. make it for next year's race. So the race that I'm trying to qualify for is 2025. Okay. So technically, yes, I qualified, but we'll see if that actually gets me into the race. So if you just found that out recently and you had been training for a long time, but you were training for just to beat 310 basically, right? Yeah. So I was training to my, my goal time was somewhere between 307, 308, which I ran 308. So, you know, really I should be happy for that because that's <laughs> what I was training for. I was training to, to run that time. But when I found out early October that potentially I might need to run faster than that, it really changed my game plan for the race because I thought, should I go for it? Should I try to go for 305 just to, you know, hopefully ensure that I get in? or And then potentially, if I don't feel good, you know, go for it and then die in the second half and then not even qualify at all, not mm -hmm. even hit the 310. Mm -hmm. Or should I just go for the 308 and then if I feel good at the end, then just try to push it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there were a couple of questions that I had leading into uh, going into the race. So what happened um, throughout the race and then how did that how did that correlate with your training leading up to it? Okay, so kind of heading into the race, I was like, I'm just gonna make the make it a race day decision, see how I feel at the beginning. So I found a couple guys at at the beginning that it seemed like they were running a pace that was pretty comfortable and it 
So I talked to them. I said, hey, what are you guys trying to trying to hit? And they were like, oh, we're trying to go for 305. But if we feel good, then maybe we'll we'll go a little bit faster. And I was like, oh, I feel pretty comfortable at this pace. So I, was, so I told myself, I'll just, I'll just stick with these guys for a little bit. And then we got separated at a water station. And so, so I just kept going, mm-hmm. uh, kind of running on my own. And through halfway, I was about 303, 304 pace. So I, and I, I was feeling pretty good. So I was like, okay, if I just keep going, then I should be able to, even if I slow down a little bit, I'll hit my 305 and mm-hmm. I should be good. And then we hit Long Beach State, which for those of you guys that know Long Beach State, there's a pretty significant hill going up the hill. You know, I'm pretty familiar with it, having graduated from Long Beach State, walking <laughs> up that hill every day. Um, but then after the hill, it started to get really hot because mm. we started the race 20 minutes later than we were supposed to. So it was supposed to start at 6, and it started at 6.20. And so that was 20 extra minutes of heat. And it really caught up to me. And so... Yeah, after Long Beach State, it was a struggle. Um, so I tried to go for the 305, but uh, I ended up with my 308 because uh, my body would not push any farther. Um, so kind of in reflection, I, at first I was kind of bummed. I was like, oh, I feel like I could have gone faster. Mm. You know, I ended up actually having to walk, which in uh, when I qualified before, I didn't have to walk. But yeah, my body just started breaking down those last few miles. So there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, I could have done better. What would have happened if we started at 6 instead of 6.20? What would have happened? You know, I wasn't even supposed to be on the course during the hottest parts of the day. And I was a little a little bummed. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, I was, I was happy that I still was able to get under the 3.10. So I at least give myself a chance. Um, but as, as I was reflecting on it, um, I felt like the Lord told me, hey, you trained for 3.08. You got 3.08 you did what you trained for. And so that was something I thought we could kind of kick off this episode with was talking a little bit about that is, um, you know, in the last episode, Brett was talking a little bit about his, uh, be about it. And so as I was thinking about it, for us to be about it, we have to train to be about Mm -hmm. it. It's not just something we can try to do. It's like through our own effort, we can just, go, I'm going to try to be about it, but mm. really it's something that we have to train for. And if we're not training for it, then really we're not setting ourselves up to do it. So I thought that that could be a good kickoff mm. coming off of the marathon. And, you know, really I, tr- I tried, I tried to, I tried my best to go faster, tried to get that 305, but I trained for 308 and that's mm. really what I was able to come up with. And I, I felt like the Lord re- really kind of highlighted that to me that, well, you got what you trained for. Mm. Well, what's crazy is I, I kind of want to put in perspective too of your marathon. You sent me the picture of like the statistics things. I was like, well, when I asked you how to go, you were like, oh, it was pretty good. But you were, I was assuming you were tired. And then when I asked you the next day, you were like, I'm kind of happy, but kind of not. And I'm thinking, what the heck? In, in your age group, you were five out of 169. In, uh, for all guys, you were 60 out of 1,000. 489 and overall you were 67th out of 2107 actually it's more than that because that was in the middle of the day when i sent you that and more people finished after that oh, so it was like tw- 2500 people or something. yeah so when i saw that i was like dang he must he must have <laughs> felt good he was killing it and then when you come in and tell me like well i'm kind of happy and kind of not i i could see where you're coming from that perspective of when you put it in the frame of what you were training for and then what you were kind of hoping for and how 
you you even you even admitted like well i trained for that and i got that so like i should be happy mm-hmm. and i think some sometimes in our in our faith when we think we're doing something or when we expect a certain thing and then either that thing happens or doesn't happen it's interesting how we can react to that and feel like well i feel like this should have happened or how come this didn't happen and i think sometimes i know myself i've been at fault for blaming god mm-hmm. and taking it like well like you're supposed to be all powerful you're supposed to work everything out for my good so how come this didn't happen but it, it also comes back to well if i'm not making good choices if i'm not training if i'm not you know trying to set myself up so that god can use me or or he can work through me to reach whatever then how can i kind of expect that of myself or that situation and i so i think that's part of where my heart is of of being about it is yes i believe god can do anything right he he's bigger than all but he does give us that that free choice to make decisions to do things he's not going to just move us around like a puppet or a robot and so we need to do our part and i think for a long time i felt like i had this bitterness towards god because he wasn't showing up in the ways that i wanted him to and when i look back at it now it's like well i wasn't showing up for myself in the ways that i needed to and and god might have been extending his hand but i wasn't you know reaching out with full extension or i wasn't doing my part and so um yes there's plenty of ways that that god blesses us without us even trying or doing things but i think there's other things where he really wants to partner with us and that's what being about it is about now i think what brett really meant uh when he saw damon's statistics <laughs> is why don't you just try harder <laughs> it's only three extra minutes after three hours come on dude no man <laughs> running for three minutes i could that yeah no i i understand the running aspect and how much i dislike it i'm i, I was not going to go anywhere near saying that <laughs> okay maybe i was projecting myself onto you no no it, it's it's interesting because in in my mind you were you were talking to me about your strategy leading up to it and like oh, i really want to get to 305 maybe you're telling me all the ways that, you know, having more regular water breaks, having this, having that, having your race shoes on versus when you're training shoes, all of those could, you know, increase or decrease your per mile, uh, minutes per mile or whatever um, throughout the day. And that, that could be enough to get you there. And you're trying to, you know, find out all these little, little extras, right? But really what it came down to is those little extras, you know, they, they play a little, a little extra role in getting, ex, um, getting us to a, a higher place, but really it's really about the, the long-term uh, commitment, the long-term training that we do. And so even though those things were available and they probably helped in some ways, it wasn't this, the significant. And then, and then there was other like factors that you weren't even planning for, like starting late it getting hotter and all, and you know, the hills and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the things that I, the extras that I thought they were actually negated because there were other yeah. things, there are other obstacles, right? And so right. sometimes that happens in life too. There's yeah. obstacles that we can't plan for that, um, you know, so there's ways that God blesses us, but then that also might come in contact with some things that we weren't planning. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it is a lot of times about the different choices that we make each day um, to set us up for success in our lives. And, you know, Brett, one of the things that you had mentioned as this morning before we uh, came on the podcast was kind of putting in a messy grace framework to to this. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I probably. Um, I bet I bet your small group's loving that it's coming to messy grace again. 
luckily they haven't had too much of that talk recently. But um, all right, <clears throat> I, I uh, as you guys have probably heard, messy grace was something that um, was was life changing and perspective changing for me and and myself and um, just being okay with walking in intention. I think there's a lot of things in life that, I mean, whenever you're given a choice, when you choose something, you're also not choosing something mm-hmm. else, right? And mm-hmm. so there's always an A and a B, a one and a two, and it's just what you're picking between. And I think growing up, you learn about Bible stories and you see God do amazing things. And so you know those things. And then when you see your life, sometimes you're like, well, how come amazing things like that aren't happening for me? Mm. Right, it, it kind of feels like there's this one side where God, you know, God can do anything, and so if I just ask Him, He, you know, it's almost like looking at Him as a genie a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Mm-hmm. He can He can do whatever. He can turn water into wine. He can do miracles, and so okay, I want to see those things. God, help me get into this college. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I didn't get in, but you could have this wishful thinking that it's just going to happen. And then there's this opposite side of it where you're like, well, I just got to do it myself. Mm. I just got to will it. I just got to work hard. I just got to study hard. I just got to do all the things that are in my control. I just got to control it so that the outcome is what I want. Mm-hmm. I had a um, a lot of detours running into that with my schooling and, and just growing up. And so to me, it almost feels like we can sometimes get too... Um, concentrated on one side or the other like okay god i just need Mm. you to show up do something and sometimes he will show up and sometimes you know if it's in his will he he makes things happen there's no doubt about that but when you live your whole life just expecting that and not taking any responsibility or ownership of your faith or anything then i think we kind of veer too far on that side and then if we're always just trying to be in control and we're always just willing it ourselves, you're not allowing for god to work we're not partnering with him it's more like you're almost like saying hey god look at what all i can do where really i think it's that tension in between where it's like okay we got to do our part mm-hmm. we also got to acknowledge and and um i uh, think leave yeah. space leave right? space and 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 i think damon when i was talking to you about it you said a big thing was about like discerning mm-hmm. right discerning where is god how is he working and partnering with that and so you know there is some tension in there because when it comes to our choices, we could think of the consequences or what, okay, if I do this, then this is going to happen. Or what if I do this and it doesn't work out? But that's where making our choices, we have the aspect of faith. We have the thing. So it's, it's a little bit of both the things that I can control and I can do, but ultimately God, I know that you're in control. And so I want to partner with you in, in, in whatever that is. Yeah. I think the thing that stands out about, that paradigm is it's really about relationship, right? Mm. I think that's what is unique about, you know, our faith is that God wants to have relationship with us. It's not like other faiths where it's like, these are the things that I do for God. These Mm. are the things that he does for me. And they're totally separate from each other. Mm -hmm. But the way that we are interacting with our faith and the way that God wants to interact with us is it's it's in relationship, right? It's like, let's do this together. Mm -hmm. What does it look like for us to do this together? What does it look like for us to walk together? What does it look like for you to do your part and for me to do my part? And how are we going to walk together? And I think that's that's a really cool paradigm and perspective for us to be able to live out our faith in that way is 
God wants to have relationship with us. And it's not just about what I can do or what he can do, but it's about what we're going to do together. Yeah, I think, I think a big part of that is learning and being comfortable asking God questions. Because mm. I think I, I sometimes I struggle with that because I, sometimes I don't know if I want, I want to know the answer. Because mm-hmm. what if it's like the, the hard way and I don't want that and I want the easy way? What if it's, okay, well, I want your will to be grown in this time. And it's like, no, I just want you to do that for me. <laughs> but it's, I think that's where, that's that discernment. That's that relationship part. It's like, you have to get, be okay and get comfortable asking God, like, okay, what do you want in this situation? How do you want to heal me? How do you want to use me? How do you want to whatever? And, and then if he, he might make you wait a little bit. And then that's, there's that tension of waiting and, oh, God just doesn't answer. But he might want you to be persistent. He might give you a different answer. He might actually ask, actually ask you to address something else that's totally unrelated because he wants you to have um, like victory in a different area. So, yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, those are all good. Um, it's good tension to be in, but it's tough. So to kind of tie it back into the marathon, you know, as we're training, as I was training for a marathon each day, I had to make a choice, right? It's like, am I going to go out today and run? Am I going to go out and, you know, eat healthy? Am I, there's all these different choices that, that had to make to lead up to, um, saying that I trained for a, a 308 marathon, right? And so for us in our faith, there's choices every day that we have to make, right? So that help us to train and live out our faith on a daily basis. And so it's not just about, okay, I'm just going to will it. I'm going to try really hard to get it, but I'm going to make the choices that are going to help to set me up to, to live out my faith every day. Yeah. And it's to do it in a healthy way too, right? Like maybe you could share about last year when you actually ran super fast and you qualified, but how like you kind of almost went to an extreme and how your body reacted, how your just your, your whole persona after uh, that one. Yeah, so late 2021, I ran the Sacramento, uh, it's called the California International Marathon in December, and I qualified for Boston in that one, and I I ran two hours and 57 minutes, so like uh, 10, 11, 11 minutes, minutes yeah. 11 minutes faster than, than this one. So you just tried harder, right? <laughs> <laughs> I trained I, way you, harder. You for did. That I one. mean, he was so, oh man, you were intense. Like, so yeah, I, I trained really hard. I... Spared no expense in terms of I adjusted my diet, I adjusted my sleep habits, I adjusted my schedule, I ju- I adjusted a lot of things to mm-hmm. um, allow allow for myself to to run that because I was running with someone else too, and mm-hmm. we we're both trying to qualify for for Boston, and and so I was like, this could be my last time. I I told myself this is the last time. If I get injured doing this, then I'm done mm-hmm. trying. So I'm just gonna go all out. Um, and yeah, afterwards I did not want to run again, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So after, after the race was over, I think I took six months off because yeah. I had no desire, no motivation. I was emotionally, physically just spent after mm-hmm. that. And so it just took way huge toll on my body, on myself. Mm-hmm. And it was, it wasn't just the, the life I, that I had for those five or six months that I was training, it was not sustainable. Mm. And so it was, it was really hard. And so, you know, I was talking to Kyle earlier this morning about how I feel today, Mm -hmm. you know, being, this is, we're recording on Wednesday. So this is 
three days after the race. And, and I, I was telling him, I was like, I think I could run tomorrow. Mm. Uh, I feel good enough and I actually feel like I want to run yeah, tomorrow. That's what I was going to say. Not just that you could, but you actually feel like I, I want to go for a run tomorrow. It's, that's a different yeah, so thing. compared to last time where I was like, I <laughs> I hate running. I don't I feel that way every yeah, day. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever felt the feeling of, oh, I think I want to run tomorrow. I don't think I've, that's a foreign feeling for me. I'm there with you, Brett. But yeah, so it, this experience was definitely very different. I didn't go to the extremes that I went to the last time mm. just because I knew, you know, I, I, I knew that I could do the 257. I knew it was in me. Mm but I didn't want to feel the way I did after that mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to say, I want, I want to be able to qualify for Boston, but I want to do it in a sustainable way. And I feel like this training period I did. Yeah. And so, yeah, just, it, it was very different. Yeah. Cause like if you take that to our spiritual lives too, like sometimes we can strive and we can push ourselves so hard and it's for good things and for a good reason, but it can be an unhealthy and um, unbalanced, and that can lead to, you know, depression. It can lead to just withdrawal. Just like it can lead to burnout, right? And so, in our lives too, we have to be careful of doing good things in an unhealthy way because that can have negative impacts too. Yeah, sometimes I mean, even myself, I I can catch myself like almost like over spiritualizing everything, mm. and then, I mean you just i i think the main point without diving into too many things is yeah we want to have a healthy perspective and um discern and and we i think part of it too sometimes when we when i used to imagine okay i want to make choices that god would want me to make you kind of have this perspective that it's not fun or enjoyable mm. or like okay spiritual discipline discipline <laughs> that means god's going to spank me or something or <laughs> put me in timeout because i'm not but I think when we have that partnership, you see how, you know, the, the verses that you hear about of like God, you know, sees the desires of your heart and he wants those things for you too. Like you start to experience some of those things. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's where walking in that tension, in that partnership is where we're able to find that. Mm -hmm. I think when it's too far on one side or the other, like our, our GPS system is off mm -hmm. and then we start, you know, derailing ourselves or going on these you know, weird paths or even like your thoughts start going and you know, I've, I've thought weird, crazy things that are just like looking at it now. It's like, okay, why well, I don't even know where, how I got there, but I'm mm. um, being able to be more aligned with, with God. And then also seeing, okay, in my life, in my day, day to day and the choices that I have to make in my relationships, um, I'm going to kind of keep it more simple and try to partner with God in those things. And then I'm able to experience uh, more of those things. And then it encourages you to be about it more because you're seeing the fruit, you're, mm. you're experiencing good things. It's not like a, it's not like you're pouring out all your energy and then it's something that's like empty. You feel more full because God's pouring back into you and you get to experience life and blessing that he has for you. And I think sometimes we forget that what God wants for us is, is good and, and we view it as hard or difficult. And so we assume that it's going to be bad mm. or too hard or too scary or too much. And there are things that we have to overcome and things that we have to mature in and step up to. But in the end, like if you, if you believe in God, you believe that he has goodness mm. for you. And so that's something to hold on to. I, I, I think, and, and having a pers perspective in that, that 
what he wants is good. And so sometimes the hard thing that he wants us to go through might actually be the best thing for you because in the end, it's going to have goodness. I, I think it's kind of like that. Sometimes God calls us up, right? Upward. He, he mm. wants us to level up. But I think the hard part is sometimes we don't realize that we have to make changes and we have to make different choices to be able to get to that place. So it's not Definitely. that it's not that he's calling us to something that's unattainable because mm-hmm. he sees that it's in us. But to do that, he's like, yeah, but you're going to have to mature. You're going to have to strengthen your will. You're going to have to change, make changes. And so if we don't recognize that, then it's going to be really frustrating and maybe even demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to throw out a, a statement to you guys and to get your opinion on on how you feel about or how you would respond to this statement. So I was listening to a, a podcast recently, and I don't remember which pod. You know, sometimes Mimo just sends so many podcasts, it's hard to <laughs> know which one's which. But uh, the person on the podcast said the statement. I said, oh, that's pretty profound. I think we should steal it and use it for our <laughs> podcast. So... Whoever it was, sorry that I forgot who said this, so I can't tell you know give you credit for it. But I th- I thought it was pretty profound. But they said that the systems in your life are perfectly set up to achieve the results that you are getting right now. And so, kind of the what he was kind of saying is, if you look at your life and you look at you know what's happening in your life, and if you're not satisfied with how your life is going you have to look at the systems that are in your life and the things that you're doing, your routines, your habits, because they're perfectly set up to achieve the results that you have right now. And if you're not happy with that, then you have to look at some of those and change some of those in order to achieve different results. Because we've heard, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so the way that he was talking about is that happens to us every day. Mm. You know, we have these routines, we have these habits, we have these different systems in place, whether it's with our finances, with our relationships, with our spiritual journey, with our, uh, how we're raising our kids, if our, just everything, there's systems in place. There's routines that we have, there's habits that we live by. And so if we're not satisfied, if, if we want different results, then we need to change some of those. So how would you guys respond to that? I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want to make changes. <laughs> uh, Brett's, Brett's, uh, I got him. I got him going. He's gonna start. He's gonna go off on me here. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm dealing with some respiratory issues, so I'm trying to hold back my coughs. I know. Yeah. I didn't want. I didn't want to. Say, after I was gonna call you out on that, and I'm like, oh, that's not nice. So, <laughs> no. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't gravitate towards change. So, there's times I can just be flat out comfortable and lazy and not lazy and like just a slob but just it's really more comfortable Mm -hmm. and it's like i can get lost in being comfortable and then almost (laughs) almost just settling for mediocrity um c's get degrees (laughs) what's that c's get degrees i've never heard that one but yeah (laughs) good good thing you good thing you didn't hear it (laughs) um but it's but it's it's not in everything. There's certain things I I don't. But there's certain areas I think those are the like maybe weak spots. Um, but when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I think that's true. In those areas, I I just settle for keeping it status quo. Mm-hmm. But I might get frustrated. Like, why isn't it changed? And I mean, I think 
in parenting, as your kids get older, it's you you, you kind of deal with that a lot because you have processes or habits mm. that work at one stage, but then as they mature and grow older and their needs are different and you're trying to turn, excuse me, turn them into healthy adults, it's like you have to do things different. And it's easy just to go back, oh, I just want to do it this way because it worked good for me and it felt good for me, but, oh, man, I don't. now it's going to take more work or it's going to take more uh, releasing control or whatever. And so... Yeah, I, I don't like that statement, but I believe it's true. <laughs> you also but, talked a little bit about that with your kids with washing the dishes. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Oh, what I said yesterday? Um, yeah, just like my wife's always saying, our kids need to do more just housework. They need to know how to do stuff. Like when they get out to be I, adults. I, I remember those days. <laughs> they need to know how to do a load of laundry, fold clothes. They know, need to know how to do dishes. They need to know how to make basic things in the kitchen. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but sometimes it's just easier if I just do it. And it's not because <laughs> I'm like... Because you have to hear them complain, well, it, do it know, slow, not the way you want. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I'll just do it myself. No, it's funny because it used to be the complaint thing. And then mm. lately it's like... That part is not as bad. And I'm mm. like, but sometimes I'm like, I can just put my headphones on and listen to a podcast. And I'm like, I actually don't mind doing dishes right now because I can have my own my own time. <laughs> but then it's like, but is that really helping them? Is it just easier because it's easier for me? You know, mm. it's, yeah, it, it's, it's sometimes not like the other choice is bad. It can still be a good choice, but it's like, yeah. is that what's really needed? Or is that where I'm, is that the way I'm supposed to respond? Yeah. Dang, Kyle, what a husband. He said, <laughs> I don't mind doing the dishes. I don't mind doing all this stuff. It's time for myself. <laughs> Put my headphones on. I'm in my own world, man. But then see, then Mimo comes home and I'm still doing dishes and I'm like, ah, crap. Now I got to take one headphone off or I, so I could hear. All right, I just got to stop my podcast. I got to, like, okay, I got to give her some, some attention. So that's, that's the key. You do it. And then when she gets home, you stop and say, all right, kids, take over. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should be. Yeah. Um, but regards to your the statement, Damon, I feel like, again, I, I think similar to Kyle, I think it's true and I think there's a lot of validity to it. How much you like it, I guess it depends what it is and, and where you're at. But I think for me personally, that was a huge struggle because I think especially with my experience with mental health and, and my disorder and where I was at, I think I strived for I'm I'm 32 right now so I think about like three-fourths of my life I strive to just be okay mm. like my goal wasn't even like I want to do amazing like mm -hmm. I was just like I just want to be like everybody else and just be okay if mm. I could just get to a place where I'm just content then like I'll I'm I would be so grateful for that I would just be happy to mm -hmm. do that mm -hmm. and well, I don't think that was a, a bad mindset to have. It, it gave me a lot of empathy and, and gratitude. I, I think you often realize even when you're struggling, like there's this innate thing in you where like, I think just as humans, like wherever you're at, it's never enough. Mm. And so, you know, I would go through this wrestling journey and with my therapist and, and I would you know, bring up these questions or just be frustrated with things. And he would say, well, look at like how much progress you've made. Look at where you've been. And, you know, I would still say, well, it's still not okay. Like I'm not happy with it. And I'm not okay with it. And so 
for me, the mindset of getting to a place where, okay, the systems and the things that I had put in place were allowing me, you know, where, wherever I was at in life. And, you know, certain times I was expecting things to be different or I wanted more, but I wasn't changing the things that I was doing because I just wanted to get to this place of being okay. Mm. Almost like this status quo. But I think in, in the past recent years, I, I've, I've recognized the ways of like, for myself, it's okay to want more and it's okay to shoot for that. Mm-hmm. But what am I, what am I doing um, in my own life? And even how do I see myself? How do I deal with those things? Am I allowing myself to do more and, and to get to those places? And so some of the things I had to change came with a little bit of risk or letting go because it's like, okay, if I want more, I can't just keep things the same. I can't just keep them status quo because like you said, those systems are in place. You're going to get exactly what it produces. And so for myself, you know, I, I shot for just being okay and I got there and then not happy with it or you still want more. But then at that point for me, it was like, okay, well then I need to change certain things as well. And so taking those steps weren't always easy, but, um, I definitely feel like I've been able to experience more, step into more, um, experience more of God's blessing and, and his His um, covering because of certain things that I did change and, and um, change the systems and routines that I had in place. And so in, in that way, in that way, I, I agree and I feel like it's good. But again, it's not always easy or you don't always like it. And I, I'm glad you brought brought into play some of the things that you shared a little bit, Brett, and going to the vulnerable place too, because I think (sighs) that might be where the statement falls short a little bit too, Mm. because there are certain things that it's not necessarily tied to choices that we've made Mm. that impact our life too. Right. So uh, we were kind of discussing some stuff earlier and, and sometimes it's like, it could be the family we grew up in, or Mm. it could be, the people that we grew up around or the situation that we're in. And it's not necessarily the choices that we made, but it could just be things that were passed down to us or put on us. Right. And, you know, as a kid, it might not be something that I can choose to get out of. Right. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't choose to get out of my family. I can't choose to change that situation. I can't. So I do think that that's an area where that statement might fall short is that, yes, there are certain changes that we can make individually, but at the same time there, there's outside influences too. So, trying to balance that, trying to discern what, what is my part that I can change, but then also recognizing, yeah, there might be some things that I need the Lord's help to, mm-hmm. to um, either reconcile that or, or free me from that too. I mean, being in this uh, kingdom uh, series at church, it's, it's, um, it's good to remember and for our listeners to be reminded that there's a lot of like these um there's a lot of tension right it's like it's truth and grace there's all these different things that it's at the same time yet you if you go to one or the other it's 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 not healthy um i was reminded in our reading i think it's in later this week in first timothy uh six um verse six, it says true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Um, and I reminded me of when we had our, our small groups, which we called mini churches way back when we started catalyst, I remember having that phrase for my, 
mini church for a while is be content without being content. Mm. So it's that, it's that, that tug of there's, there's two types of contentment. There's a contentment of I'm okay. I don't need to strive because I know God loves me and I don't have to earn anything yet. It's not being content where then you become lazy and you don't pursue what he has for you. Mm. But there's, there's both sides of it. It's like, if you just, you're always trying to strive and it's like, no, God loves you. God, God, you're accepted. Like you don't have to earn it. But then once you realize that it's like, Oh, but he has more for me. I, I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to, I want to increase. So it's part of that kingdom living is that there's, there's all, there's always attention to one, like one extreme or another. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to be in that middle place. And, and that's just another example. But I think we want our listeners to be aware of that kingdom living isn't easy, but it, there's, there's so much depth to it um, that we just need to kind of like step into. Mm. And with that too, with kingdom living, there's an aspect of it that's for now, but it's mm-hmm. going to be partial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's yeah. a part of it that's in the future, yeah. right? Which is going to be the fullness. Yeah. And that's because we live in a fallen world that's, mm. you know, corrupted by sin. So as much as we want God's kingdom to come now, it it can, but it, we're only going to see glimpses. Yeah, of we're going to get tastes of it. Yeah, and, we're going to get yeah. tastes of it. It's not, it's yeah. not going to be the fullness of the whole thing because we live in a fallen world. And so we want to pursue that. We want to pursue God's kingdom. We want to pursue as much of his kingdom coming to earth as we can, but recognizing we're, we will experience the fullness of it one day in the future. I think one last thing that I, I would encourage people, and especially as our church coming off of retreat and a, a huge focus on um, stronger together, being together, is you know a lot of these areas although they may be individual to your, your own life, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot easier, more manageable and enjoyable when you do it with somebody. Whether that's with your spouse and you guys walk through those things together or a friend or a small group or even just sharing with people in, in general, someone that's younger than you so that they gain that experience. Or maybe it's asking someone that has more life experience than you. You know, I think there's a part of that, that there is strength in that and a level of freedom in it when you're able to, to talk about it and just be heard by somebody, be understood, be listened to. Maybe you receive um, good insight or, or um, tips on how to deal with some of these things. And then, the burden that you feel or the wrestling that you have, it isn't as hard or you at least feel like you have someone that has your back or whatever it is. You know, I, I think all of those things, like for me, knowing that somebody has my back, knowing that somebody understands where I'm at, know, knowing that somebody has heard me, like those are all things that help bring me more peace mm. when I'm in these situations, when I'm in the tension, when I have to make a choice. All, you know, all of those areas, it, it makes it more, not as daunting, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. And then, you know, in that, I think you also build deeper connections and community and um, are able to walk with other people in, in what they're going through too. And so I would encourage the listeners, like, if there's something that you're going through, um, if there's something that you have to make a decision about or you're trying to, hey, I kind of want to experience this or, or, or reach this or do this or try this, there's there's people out there that are more than willing to, to walk with you in it. And um it just makes it more enjoyable when, when you're doing things with other people. And I think the enemy knows that. And so it's 
I feel like that's part of his strategy is he knows that we are stronger together and that we do, especially at our church, have a lot of people that are willing and want to walk with us as we go through difficult times. And so he's going to plant seeds of wanting you to move towards isolation or loneliness or trying to do things on your own because he knows that really what you need is more people to walk with. And so when you hear those voices saying, just do it on your own, I would encourage you. Those are not from the Lord. Those are from the enemy. And he's trying to keep you in that place Mm. of um, whether it's despair or, um, you know, loss of hope or just walking through a difficult decision or situation. He wants you to try to do it on your own because he knows what a blessing it would be as you walk with people that can understand and are willing to walk with you and encourage you in your faith as you, as you walk through it. So, yeah, it, it just takes vulnerability, Mm. right? That's sometimes that's the one thing that holds us back. Like, Oh, I have to share with somebody or I have to, they have to know what's going on. But I mean, really that's, that's where freedom comes when you're able to get to that place where you can be vulnerable and with somebody that, you know, obviously in a healthy way, somebody's going to respect that, but it, it takes that step of like, okay, I, I need to share my struggles or share my journey. And even if, I mean, you know, maybe God is asking you, hey, you, you got to do this. Mm. Like, I need, I'm calling you to step up. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something that you ha- you have to do on your own, like, you can still let somebody know, hey, I feel like God's calling me to do this. Mm-hmm. Can you be praying for me? Like, right. that's a simple way to Absolutely. just like, yeah. even though they're not doing it with you, right. that you can have still some of that connection and and have someone walk with you. It's not about them always physically doing it with you, but knowing that they're in it with you. Right. And so, um, I, I, I've, I've had to recognize that a lot Mm. in my life and with my friends and peers is like, I'm not going to be able to experience everything that they are going through, but I'm going to do whatever it is I can to walk with them. And so even if it's just to listen to them, that's, that's part of it. That's no, a good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a that's a good perspective. Uh, make people aware of. And on that, we're excited because on our next episode, we have some people that decided they wanted to walk together to come on as guests <laughs> on the on uh, the podcast. So, look out for the next episode. We're going to have Larissa Yuan and Roxanne Biles come on. We actually said their name. I thought you were just going to say two special guests and leave it at that, but all right, there we go. Well, we got confirmation from them that they're going to come on. So <laughs> right. we can throw the names out and everybody can get excited because the next episode will feature Larissa and Roxanne. So if you have any hard questions you would like us to ask them, <laughs> send it to Kyle at... <laughs> And you should also be careful because I heard they might be throwing out some other names of people they want to hear oh, on the podcast too. The more so. the merrier. <laughs> Bring it on. So looking forward to that episode next week. Until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season. Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.